morning, everyone, and welcome to Under the Wire, your home for censored and suppressed information about vaccinations and health. My name is Meryl Dory, and I'd like to welcome you to the show. Tonight, I have a very special guest. I was going to have two guests, Tony Nikolic from AFL Solicitors and Matthew Hopkins from the same firm. I believe Tony is just about worn out. Uh, Matthew's a bit tired himself, but he has agreed to come on, so we applaud him for that. Um, on, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Matthew. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and um, we'll try not to keep you too long, because I know that you are no. a bit tired. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, um, it's been... <laughs> I'll bet it has. I'll bet it has. Not every day that you have a case before the Supreme Court. So um, I'd like to start by just going over a little bit of the history, if I could. Um, you were telling me before, I, I asked how long you've been with AFL solicitors, and um, you told me that Tony Nikolic actually started the firm. Why did he start this? He left a, a bigger firm, didn't he? And he went to start AFL. Yes. Um, so the genesis of AFL solicitors, um, Ashley Francina, Leonard and Associates, um, was to mount some challenges um, against what was, what, you know, the incursions into, into people's rights and the, um, the overreach of, of um, politicians and bureaucrats. So that's uh, AFL uh, commenced about... Um, March, I, I would say, and um, I was living overseas in in Turkey, in um, in Georgia, and I was doing some some of my own work, um, but also looking into the fifty one twenty three a prohibition on c civil conscription that's contained in our constitution, and so that's how Tony and I met. He came across a letter that I'd written to. The, um, the Prime Minister on what I think is the unconstitutionality of the no jab, uh, no no job, no pay or whatever, you know, that's no jab, no, no freedoms now. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then Tony and I were talking quite a bit on what can be done and then Tony, um, he um, went out and started AFL solicitors and, um, and, and we've been going. We've um, we've uh, got quite a, a, a range of clients uh, that have all, um, well, not all of them, but some of them have um, got into trouble with breaching or allegedly breaching um, various orders, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And we've also now got this challenge between the Supreme Court and um, there's also a challenge before the federal court as well uh, but there's it's the supreme court matter that's um uh, getting a lot of attention because mm. of the, the the substance of the challenge so that's that's how we came about and um yes that's so. great now i i i listened to the um the hearing this morning the directions hearing and there were yeah. actually four cases there uh, your two, one from Nathan Buckley and a, a self-represented gentleman who appeared to be asking the court to prevent him from being microchipped. Um, 
Was that, did I have that right yes. or no? Was that what he was asking for? Uh, yes. Um, yes. Uh, I, I haven't read um, his um, uh, originating process, whether it's a summons or a state of, statement of claim. Uh, neither have I read any of the pleadings. Mm. Uh, I, I, we've been focused on our case. We filed a couple of weeks ago and then... Um, you know, a week later, there was two other very similar cases, um, uh, one by GMB and one by, um, well, it's Henry and Hocroft are the name of the plaintiffs. And so they've been joined with ours because of the, well, not joined as yet, but um, uh, certainly similar facts. So as these early procedural um, um, hearings, such as we saw today, are conducted, then it's 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 efficient to to put them all together. Um, but we're all being heard as well on uh, um, the thirtieth of September, which is really incredible, really very quick. Fast, That's, very we, fast. Yeah, we asked for an expedited hearing, and um, and we're thankful that the the justices that have uh, reviewed our case cases our so far think that um, or agree with us that it's a very important issue that the people of New South Wales want resolved. So mm. um, that is, uh, is the hearing. Uh, we've got a, some work to do. I'll bet you to, do. To prepare. Yeah, especially mm. when, from what I heard this morning, there is some, uh, I think it was firemen that are going to be required on the 30th. Was it firemen or police? I can't remember which in New oh, South Wales. Yeah. 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 Uh, the police commission, the police commission has come out and uh, issued that statement. That follows hot on the heels of the Queensland police force being um, told that they must uh, be injected um, to be able to 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 keep their job. So um, this is affecting every every walk of life in in, in our society now. Everyone, uh, the pilots. We've seen uh, some pilots come out recently. We've had um, a lot of a lot of people contact our firm from so many different uh, professions. Um, it'd be easier to say which ones haven't than to try and rattle off which ones have. I can tell you, there's been no politicians coming asking for protection from a, a mandated vaccine. <laughs> Funny that, Matthew. Can I ask you a no. question? Does uh, an individual like a police commissioner have a power have the power to order that anyone receive any <laughs> medical procedure is there anything in law that gives them that power even under the emergency legislation declaration sorry declaration. Um, yeah i'm glad you qualified that question yes. with uh lawful power at, at the end of your question because well he seems to they seem to have the power don't they um, so there's two types of power, really. There's there's the reality of the power that's wielded, and the theory of the power that can be um, exercised. So um, I don't believe so. Um, personally, my my view, and this is my professional view on on uh, government and constitutions, government should be merely an administrator. Um, body, 
that that's that's how I see government. So I'm I'm all for small government. Mm. Um, I, I I believe our governments have uh, slipped their constitutional leash, and um, and I don't think that they're about to put themselves back on. It'd be like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we that's where we need the law mm. to put them back on um so i don't believe that they have such power to just to mandate or would make that a requirement of an employment um uh, a class of employee whether it be police um, doctors nurses teachers uh, i don't believe the the health minister has the that power and he's um ex- exercising his power this is new south wales um, fellow, he's exercising his power under Section 7, which is not an emergency um, section in the Public Health Act as well. So that's a curious, curious thing to go to such um, extreme measures, extreme. Like the, the man has put millions of people under house arrest mm. and he's forced them to take an injection that we know very little about. Out. He has it's, history, uh, though, Brad Hazard. He does have a history of doing things like this, even before, uh, you know, we're, we've been aware of him since our organization started in the 1990s, and he was always very similar. Um, and I think before he didn't quite have the, he didn't feel he had the mandate to act on his <laughs> on his instincts, and now he is. Um, do you believe that the premiers and the prime minister and these other unelected officials, like the chief health officers in the states, are acting outside of their powers, outside of what they yes, are I, legally I, I, allowed? I, I, absolutely, I do, and that's the, that's the the the, um, the 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 crux of our of our case is um, we we. Uh, it doesn't matter what I think and it doesn't matter what uh, the politicians think as to the extent of their power. All the only people that can decide that are the justices of um, the various courts that, are, that, that that question is put to. We put that to the Supreme Court. Um, so we'll find out um, if they do or they don't. It's, it's up to the, the justices of the court to, to ascertain the extent of their powers. And um, so... We'll all find out very shortly. Yes, yes, very shortly. Um, do you think it is a good thing or a bad thing that your cases are going to be heard? Is it by the same justices as Nathan Buckley's or just on the same day by separate justices? No, it, it'll be um, all heard together. As far as that's, that's, that's my understanding at the moment. Um, you know, some of them might not be ready. Maybe they they will drop off or something. I don't know. Um, um, but uh, um, I don't. We have a, a set of facts. We have um, some evidence to support um, how we believe those the law should treat those facts. Um, and I'm, and it's the same with the other cases. But because they're similar fact, similar laws. Um, and similar evidence, um, that's why they're being joined together. So I, I don't see it as detracting. Um, it might actually be beneficial because um, 
instead of people focusing on three cases that are running somewhat concurrently, we get international focus, a great deal of national, but also international focus on on these three cases. Right. It's it's really big. The world the world is watching because um, we've seen what's you know Australia seems to be um, you know a prisoner island again. Really, so the world is watching, and, mm. and that's a good thing. I, yes. I'm so glad. I mean, the, the attention of the world has been focused on Australia for all the wrong reasons for quite some time, and it perhaps, and I'm only saying perhaps. I noticed today that there were close to 150,000 people watching the directions hearing at one point. I don't know if you were aware of that, oh, but okay. I was on. Um, I, right, I, I, I did have it on my other computer, but just the eye on that and I saw it was at 55. I didn't realise it got up to that um, level um, but I, I understand because um, you can watch it subsequently and um, I think there may have been now 350, 400,000 oh, so views. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so just the fact... There was at least... Yeah. yeah. There I was at least 55,000. Yeah. yeah, which is astonishing. It is. Astonishing because the 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 uh, most watched Supreme Court video um, or the, that comes second place. Um, well, we've got we've got first and second now, but third is I think it's fourteen thousand. Wow, so, that's a huge difference. Yeah. Huge difference. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And mm. and that must make mm. the justice think. I have to be careful with what I'm doing here because. I can't allow myself to be sucked into making political decisions. I have to make judgments based on the law. That's what I'm hoping anyway. <laughs> oh, well, I can, assure, I can assure you that the justices, they're very much focused on the law. Um, you know, I'm, no doubt they're aware of, of the public interest, but that, that, that's not going to um, that's not going to factor into, into how they treat the merits of of the case so but, um, um, it certainly it certainly does um, show the importance of the of the questions being asked oh, yes. absolutely yeah. I remember when this started about 10 years ago it seems but <laughs> almost two years ago okay. um, there were emergency powers uh, two weeks to flatten the curve and we were told at that time that the maximum time that emergency powers could be instituted was two weeks. And they kept extending them by two weeks at a time. Now, at least in New South Wales, I'm pretty sure it is, they've been extended until April 2022. How is it, is, is that a proportional response to, uh, an, uh, even if it is a pandemic, to a pandemic with a death rate that is lower than the death rate of a bad year with influenza. Is that a proportional response when we have um, the rates of suicide doubling and tripling um, in Australia and when we have people losing their livelihoods, their business, and the economy is going to crash to the point where it could take a decade or more to come back? Is any of this proportional? I don't see how anyone could, could, with with any kind of reasonable mind, could could see it as proportional. It, it just the threat 
has never matched the response or the response has never matched the threat. It's, um, you know, even a sledgehammer with a walnut doesn't quite um, capture the, 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 uh, it's, it's, um, it's a terrible thing. Um, the, um, the, I can't see that there's any proportionality at all. Uh, and that's one of the, the um, things that we'll certainly be arguing. Um, so in the in the um, matter that was heard before the federal court, um, the submissions coming from the, the, the Commonwealth and the states um, was that the, they have a duty to protect people's right to life. And all I could think, well, um, all that came to mind while they were rattling out these, um, the, you know, it's almost, uh, you know, they were relying upon a right to life argument. Um, as, as, and, you know, the emergency powers are necessary and we, we have this duty pro to protect people's lives. And I just can't understand how the, the thinking could be that inverted that you would put the right to life of the very vulnerable and no one wants to see anyone, um, you know, get sick and die. But that we're mortal creatures and that's part of the beauty of life. Yep. Um, but to destroy your economy that a public health system and a private health system relies upon, uh, to destroy the, the psychology of young children um, and people and just put extreme pressure on families to protect the aged and the already sick is just the most inverted thinking uh, of right to life that I could conceive. Um, to me, a reasonable and proportionate approach would be protect the vulnerable, protect the elderly, and let, let people develop the natural immunity to a bug, a virus as we have done for, forever forevermore. <laughs> mm. That's right. Not only that, we're talking about adults here. We're talking about uh, people who are competent to make decisions for themselves. And the government mm. should never come between an adult and their practitioner. And right now we have practitioners who are afraid to speak because operas totally um, gagged them. And the people yeah. who the government says they're protecting, it's for our health, are being greatly harmed by the same government. And if it's all about right to life, it's a funny term for government to use, especially a government that's looking at, um, at birth, abortion being legal. So, I mean, I don't want to go into that so much, <laughs> but to me, there's a real disconnect there between the right to life and the, the right to basically destroy the life of a baby at birth that just just doesn't seem right to me yeah this i mean what i see is one of the big problems with um with what with the crisis and it is a crisis mm. it, it's just not a health crisis um but it is a crisis and one of the problems is um is you know well they say in war, the first casualty is truth. And so, um, you know, 
the argument that the, you know they need these emergency powers to to protect people's health is just seems very dishonest to me. Mm. So, is there any mm. chance? I know that originally, um, and I am again, I am not very good with the law, but I heard in your original hearing last week that um, you were naming uh, Brad Hazard and Carrie Chance, and the uh, barrister for the uh, government tried to remove them and just have you suing the government, but that was not successful. Um, is there any chance that they will be held personally accountable if you are successful? Um, where's, where's it? We are, they are being um, sued uh, in their professional capacity. You know, the, the minister, he's got um, powers conferred upon him. Um, he needs to exercise those. We're, we're saying that that it's uh, that he's beyond his power, or he's not doing it rationally, reasonably, or uh, proportionally. Um, if if it comes to pass that we're right in this, then people may want to explore, um, you know, any damages that, that, that they've incurred because of um, beyond power uh, actions. Maybe yeah. you know that's 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 to come. Where. Uh, uh, currently, well, there's been no application from um, the respondents to remove um, Minister Hazard or Dr Champ from um, being a, a party to proceedings. It was raised, but there's been no no formal um, process to that end. And um, personally, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but I, I think... Um, it's appropriate that anyone that's uh, doing what they're doing um, should remain part of the questions as, mm. as to whether it's it's right or, or whether it's lawful or not. So, yeah. accountability you know. is not a big yeah. thing with this government, I think. But uh, but yeah, it'll be good to actually mm -hmm. hold them accountable. I want to ask you a question, mm. and I am stretching, stretching the extent of my legal knowledge here. Um, in 2015, we tried, the, we meaning the AVN, tried to take an action uh, at the high court level uh, against no jab, no pay. We actually got three separate advices on that. Um, and wow. one of the advices looked into Section 5123A. And what we were told is mm -hmm. that that section only deals with protecting the uh, preventing doctors from being coerced, uh, not coerced, what do they call it, conscripted by the government. It did not extend mm. to the population. Um, in 1946, when that amendment came in, it only dealt with doctors. It did not deal with the population. And it's been mm -hmm. tested in the high court a couple of times, and they have not expanded the uh, the interpretation. That was my understanding. Mm -hmm. Is there is there a hope that that section? Because I know everybody and their brother is saying fifty one twenty three a fifty one twenty three a, and the whole thing about civil conscription. It really does sound like it means you can't civilly conscript anyone, but mm -hmm. it has not been so interpreted that way. 
the first thing about that provision is the 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 world had just come out of uh, World War Two, and we had seen what had transpired um, with Nuremberg, etc. With you know, so um, that's the the you know the time when this was in uh, the amendment was made. Um, there's been some case law on it. Uh, the most recent case was in 2009. Um, now, that particular provision talks, it gives the Commonwealth some legislative heads of power. Um, now, there's nothing in that provision that says doctors or health professionals, okay? So um, the provision is actually geared towards, in its interest, geared towards um, people, what the government can provide the people. Um, so there's that. But then we narrow it down to that particular part of the provision, medical and dental services, but not so as to authorise any form of civil conscription. So there's no, there's no wording in that, to me, that would restrict that purely to doctors and healthcare professionals. That just would not be the correct um, application of statutory interpretation. Um, and then we have the words any form of. And so the judgments uh, pertaining to this provision uh, are quite clear that any form of gives, that, uh, gives the consideration of civil conscription uh, a wide ambit. It's construed to be construed widely. So there's that. Um, there, is a, there is a line, like a border between, uh, the, this is what the case law is showing, that there's a, a distinction between permissible regulation of um, the consultation room. Yeah? So, the, you know, the, the Commonwealth uh, is able to make laws, you know, um, a lot of the cases have been about which forms to use and that's regulation of the consultation but the, there is a distinct line in the case law that says you cannot cross that line of regulating the consultation to to um, participating in the consultation okay so that's quite clear in the case mm -hmm. law um, and then we have justice two justices in Wong both of them from different ends of the political spectrum in two separate judgments um, state that the prohibition on civil conscription provides a constitutional guarantee um, and it protects the, to protect personal freedom uh, and to protect the doctor-patient relationship and that the intrusion into that relationship is, is impermissible. Um, so, look, I, I there's no doubt in my mind that... Um, um, that that's what civil conscription is. The the tricky part though is um, the the state powers versus the Commonwealth powers, and so we will have people saying, "Well, you might you might that might restrain the Commonwealth from uh, making laws uh, to for mandated vaccines, um, but it doesn't stop the states." Now, there's a number of reasons why I believe that's not true 
Um, the first one is if there is such a thing as a constitutional guarantee. Now, the way I like to pr um, phrase uh, 5123A is, or the prohibition on civil conscription, I like to say, look, this is merely an expression, and we, and we talked about it before, of those laws that already exist to protect the person, and that's, you know, uh, protection against being battered, uh, assault, or trespass against the person. So these laws already existed. They existed before the Constitution. And all this provision does, it just expresses something that's already uh, implied throughout the Constitution. That's what I would say. And where there's a, an implied right in the, in the Constitution, then state legislation will be struck down by the High Court mm. to the extent that it infringes that um, uh, Constitution constitutional right guarantee. Yep. So that's one one uh, ground that um, I, I believe supports uh, personal liberty and freedom. Um, now, <laughs> where they uh, yeah, where they get, where they're going to run into trouble is uh, the one hundred and nine uh, provision in the constitution, and that's enlivened where there's an inconsistency between Commonwealth law and a state law. Okay, yep. so. In Commonwealth law, we have the Australian Immunisation Register Act, okay? And so that's a, an act that looks to cover the field and, 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 and be a register of, of um, vaccination for the whole country. And so um, what we have now is a, a minister under um, um, Public Health Act issuing orders that um, that would compel people to have their details put on that uh, register, you know, mandating the vaccine. So there's going to be a, an inconsistency there between uh, the Australian Immunisation Register Act should be voluntary, okay, should be. Um, I, I have questions about whether it is because you have to opt out rather than opt in. Um, that but that's amended? where the one owner... What was that amended in 2015 or 2016? Because we were involved in the original drafting of the Child Care Payments Act okay. and the Australian Childhood Immunization Register, and it was always um, not mandatory. It was always optional. So I'm wondering if they amended okay. that, and I don't know. So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure of, of any amendments. I'm just I just know the act as it is yeah. now. I've gone through the amendment. You can opt out to have your information shared with third parties. You can. So I think that might be the way that they can have this legislation, um, have the Immunisation Register Act without um, infringing 5123A, the prohibition on civil conscription. But because of the health orders saying you have to have a jab to be able to do this and you need to show evidence from the Australian Immunisation Register Act, mm. well, he, he's going to run into a lot of troubles because of the inconsistency. The um, so there's that, okay? I call that our goalkeeper, okay? That's our goalkeeper. The 109 inconsistency between uh, the hazard mandate and um, the Australian Immunisation Register Act that cannot authorise any form of civil conscription. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
I know that was a bit long-winded, but... No, 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 uh, that's good. That was very clear, too. Even I understood it. <laughs> very good. <laughs> so, in short, I think, I, think we're, I think we've got good constitutional protections, mm. in short, yeah. Is there a chance that you're going to have to take this to the High Court since it does concern a constitutional question? Um, well, what, what we do is we... we um, let all the attorney, attorneys general, uh, the Commonwealth Attorney General and the various state attorney generals know that there's a constitutional matter before the Supreme Court and if they wish to, they can come and participate in proceedings. Okay. Um, yeah, so where we would go to the High Court is if we were unsuccessful in the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court of Appeal if mm. um, we were unsuccessful. Time, okay. but uh, yeah, look, I think um, we've we've got a, a we've got a, a good case. We got the law. I believe we've got the law on our side. I believe we've got morality on our side, um, and um, so you know, um, I, I think um, we should be confident that that the law is going to protect us as as it should do. Mm. And and that's what it's what it's there for. And also, there's something that I take heart in. I mean, it's wonderful to see AFL solicitors taking this case and G&B taking their case. But we have Clive Palmer taking at least two cases. Um, we have Advocate Me working with Peter Matooks, and they're taking a range of employment-based cases. Um, there is an, another group in Tasmania that I just heard about today of health professionals who want to take a case so that they don't have to take the jab. Uh, Victoria and South Australia, there are cases starting up as well. All this whole time, the government has basically had the last word because everybody's been too afraid to do anything. Now, finally, and I'm seeing this in Canada, I'm seeing this in the UK, uh, other Commonwealth countries, we're seeing finally lawyers like yourselves coming mm -hmm. out and saying, listen, we want to do the right thing. Let's take these cases on. And you've got to think that Greg Hunt and Scott Morrison and, you know, Hazard and, and Chance, they must be thinking, wow, we've really and truly been on top and now maybe things are starting to crumble. Is there hope for things like this? Uh, I, look, um, what we need to understand is we have all the resources, the people. Um, we've just, um, you know, it's, it won't be hard for us to, to, to uh, if we're united, we, we have the power. Um, and we, we have to, we have to um, put this, we have to assert our, our power, we have to assert our sovereignty um, and our liberty and freedoms. We really do. And, um, and I think um, people are, you know, there are those that you're never going, you know, one thing about this emergency, this crisis, is that it's very polarising. Mm -hmm. And that's, that, that's a real shame. Um, but um, I believe we've got truth on our side. I think I believe we've got morality on our side. Um, so if people are... And I believe that a lot of people, and we can see it with the with the three hundred and fifty thousand views on a on a boring directions hearing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, it, we there is a lot of people that that want 
uh, return to to uh, personal choice, um, and so I hope. Um, yes, of course, there's hope, um, but I, I think that there's I'm, I'm, there's confidence. I'm I'm confident that we can push back on whatever it is that is in, in trying to make these incursions in, into um, into our uh, way of being. Um, I don't know what's behind it, you know, or what what their full full uh, game plan is, but um, you know, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Be alive. <laughs> the Chinese always said, uh, may you never live in interesting times. And I think we're yeah. living in very yeah. interesting times. And uh, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's going to try us and test us. And I do agree that there is this divisiveness, this us against them. And that was quite intentional on the part of the government, where you mm -hmm. hear Gladys Berejiklian actually saying, if you see someone wear not wearing a mask out in public, you make sure you report them. And you know, all of this stuff, the Nazi tactics, they really are. I will not let my children see me with uh, with that kind of thing on my face. So, and, uh, you know, I, I you know, the, the police, they won't come up and, and ask me, what, where's your mask? They won't. I have to I have, I walk after them. Hey, you know, <laughs> come on, ask me. What's, what um, special gift do you have? So Why won't they do that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I guess maybe it's a confidence thing. Um, but that's part of our um, case as well, is that what the Hazard, Minister Hazard has done is he's actually, with his health orders, he's given police powers that they don't have under their Police Powers uh, Act, which is, you know, there's the Law Enforcement Powers and Responsibilities Act that, get, that sets out the police powers. What Hazard has done, he's given them extra powers in in, in a in a mandate in a in a in a order that um, anyway. So we we're we're um, questioning those as well. So if we're successful there, then there's going to be a lot of um, fines torn up and um, and um, and that that kind of thing. So, but um, hope, yes, um, confidence. Look, we 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 should be confident because. Mm. You know, when you stand up to the bully, the bully runs, and we just just stand up to the bully and let's let's watch him let's watch him fall over. You know, and and we can really have um, you know, we can further empower ourselves as we do that. And and you know, we were passed on to our generation some some um, some good liberties and freedoms. Yeah. Um, so we should we should really not be the one the generation that, that trips over and drops the baton in the relay yeah that's, I that's tell you, hearing you speak is making my heart sing i feel so much lighter because not only are you giving hope but you're giving confidence and those are two things i think australians really need right now because yeah. a lot of people out there are just terrified of the future um they they are afraid that they're going to lose yeah. their jobs they are afraid that they're going to be forced into taking something that might harm or even kill them. And um, it's, it's good to yes. know that there are people out there who are doing something to stop that. Um, I have yeah. one other so, question. Oh, so sorry, go ahead. Okay, sorry. 
Okay, so there was something interesting that did happen in today's directions hearing, and that was um, the the the, uh, the council uh, for the for the police officer. They said, you know, you know, she wants an expedited hearing because she's going to be forced to take the jab by the 30th of September. Um, some of our plaintiffs are already, you know, being forced, but they're, they're just not going to do it. Um, mm. But then uh, the justice advised the council, and rightly so, well, go and apply to the commissioner for an exemption. And then he said, you know, and if you don't, if that's not successful, then you come back to the court and, and um, we, we determine whether uh, one should have an exemption. So what what um, what that kind of flagged is that, um, well, now that there's proceedings before, before the court, people are quite well within their rights, I would have thought, to say to their employer, look, these are legal issues in dispute and they're before the highest court in, um, or the, in, before the Supreme Court in New South Wales for resolution. Are you sure you want to force me to take a jab and then find out that you were on, you were on the wrong side of this uh, question um, and then, you know, have any liability that, that may follow? So this is a, a powerful thing that people can now use to push back. And 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 um, we are endeavouring to have some uh, template letters put put on our website to assist people with that. Um, but, um That that is, uh, yeah, um, it's it's a strong thing. And if you put that to the the employer and you say, look, you know, are you willing to? Well, first, uh, if something happens to me, um, and then you then it's found that you, you didn't you didn't have the power to compel me to take this thing, then, um, you know, what's your liability? Um, but w one thing that's really um, upsetting um, is now we're starting to get people contacting our office saying, um, you know, mum was coerced into, into taking the jab and now she's, she's uh, vaccine injured and she's in, in hospital. We don't know if she's going to live. You know, they, those are coming. And, you know, we've had a couple of those inquiries now. So, um, you know, they're, they're the... So that's the reality of it. And, and of course, people are hurting because, you know, they're, they're, they're being imprisoned in their houses and in this yep. bizarre circumstance. And they've been told that you can't go out unless you've got this thing on your face. Um, so... But that's where we have to dig down deeper and turn turn that uh, fear into fight, turn that into um, turn that into a kind of a, a strength or a, a turn it into a determination. That's what when you've got the fear, you don't have to be fearful. You can turn it around, turn it into some determination. And say, okay, what can I? What part can I play in bringing this country back into something that um, it could be and should be, rather mm -hmm. than where it's been taken? So, yeah, absolutely. People yeah. need to find their their strength and their courage. And I think that after 19 months of being bullied, that's not that easy for a lot of people. But 
hopefully they will. Matthew, I have a question for you. Um, I have someone who contacted me. Uh, she is working for a media outlet, and I'm going to. I've been doing stories with people who've been injured by vaccines or the families of people who've been killed by them, um, especially by the COVID jab. And this woman. Um, is working in a media outlet and she doesn't want to be known so she's sent me her story and one of the parts of her story is that I, I believe it's her sister-in-law has had the jab and is in the hospital has been in and out of the hospital for months since April and her insurance company has refused to pay for any of her treatments because they've said that she agreed to take an experimental jab and therefore um, she is a, a willing participant in an experiment and her policy will not cover her. Have you heard of that? And it doesn't that surprise me. Yeah. Well, then it comes down to a question of um, consent, really. Um, was was there consent or was there was there duress, economic duress uh, placed upon um, the decision, you know, to, that influenced the decision to to overbore someone's will? Um, that that's the key. That's the key to this. But um, I just it, she's not alone. This is not uncommon. Uh, just as wow. general. General um, advice: Just you, you just get everything you can in in writing, document as much as you can, um, and and collect your evidence. Um, and um, you know, the, there's going to be a lot of these types of cases come. Uh, if she if if she needs assistance with that, happy to because you you cannot give consent in when there is economic duress or duress is influencing the decision. It's just impossible to give consent. You just cannot. Yep. So it, it. the insurance company might, yeah, they might um, not um, bear the cost of um, compensating the victim, um, but someone may. Mm. Yeah, someone. Yep. Okay. Now, we have a lot of people here who have been sending okay. a lot of very much appreciative uh, messages on the comments. Okay. A lot of them are asking what they can do mm. to help you guys. Do you need money? Do you need support of any kind? How can they help you? Mm. Yeah, so um, we, we've got four plaintiffs, um, four brave, um, you know, and, and we could... It's, it's it's almost a question of and there's an element of luck as well because we were just, thousands of people were inquiring and it's just a case of who's kind of you know just there's an element of fluke and luck in that as well. Yep. Um, but we've got four wonderful plaintiffs and they're very brave and courageous and and I, I, I sing their praises. Um, but we do have um, you know at the start we talked about AFL solicitors and I can tell you that. Um, Tony and I have, we've been, um, you know, we don't get paid. Uh, we've been doing this, um, you know, because we believe in it. Um, but now people are really getting behind the, the challenges. And so there is a donations page um, on, on website? our website. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, we appreciate any 
support, um, but we've been getting a lot of different support from different people in different different um, ways, administrative support. Um, lawyers are coming and helping us, um, admin staff, um, people are donating their time. Um, we People are donating um, office space, etc., etc. you know. So it just tells you um, the importance of the case and and it's important because it goes to the very fundamental liberty of each and every one of us and um, and we just need to fight for that and and never and that's that's why we tell people just hold this line because we, we cannot afford to, to to lose this line and we just hold it hold it and then when we get our momentum and we will get it we will get it then we can then we can um, push and um, and seek remedy. Mm. Um, so donations, of course, um, very much welcome. And no they, they they go to a third party trust. Okay, so it's it's all set up, and the legal profession's the most regulated um, profession there is. So that it's all very transparent. Um, and you know, just. It, you know, we've got a Facebook page as well and we push out content. So join our Facebook page and stay yeah. up to date. And, um, but, you know, just it's, it's your neighbours, um, it's, it's the people around you, it's your communities. Um, just, um, you know, show, show other people because courage is infectious, yeah? So... Um, <laughs> Thank God there's just, no vaccine. Thank God there's no vaccine. <laughs> If, if you don't want to wear this thing, just just don't wear it. Um, now, um, as a as a lawyer, when I read this um, this uh, mask thing, I I, I can't see. Um, you know, I've got a lot of problems with with that provision because, for starters, there's there's no. It says you don't have to wear this thing if you have a condition that prevents you from wearing one. Um, and of course, they're going to have to put that in, but it doesn't say diagnosed condition. So, as a lawyer, that tells me, okay, well, it's not diagnosed condition; it's a condition. So, it must be up to the individual um, to determine whether they have that condition or not. Um, and then they're asking for evidence of the condition, and and this is where we we're talking about before. The police don't actually have the power to ask for. Um, a medical certificate or evidence of a, a medical condition under the act that gives them the powers to be a police person, gives them their police powers. So, um, but nevertheless, you can simply go to a, um, a JP or if you want, you can send me an email. And um, if you make that statement to me, that you have a medical condition that prevents you from uh, wearing a, a, a face covering, then I can sign a, your statutory declaration. And under the Act, that is sufficient to um, push back on, on, on that intrusion. So let me ask you, there you know, are go talk to your local let me ask you, there are oh, I'm getting a bit of feedback, sorry. Oh, I'm getting a bit of feedback, sorry. There are businesses that are... Um, that are saying, I don't care if you have an exemption, you can't come in, you're not allowed in here. Can they do yeah. that? 
No, no, they can't. They, they cannot. They have got no role in policing these things. Um, I hear some people say that, you know, they'll get a fine. I don't. I, I think that that's that's incorrect, uh, because a, a, sh a shopkeeper is not an authorised person under the under Public Health Act. Um, then nor are they a police officer. So, sure, they may. And before that. People should be operating on operating. <laughs> uh, people should um, go about uh, under the assumption that if someone isn't wearing a uh, face covering, that they have a, a condition that prevents them. That that's the starting point. Mm. Um, so the shopkeepers, it's really um, none of their affair. Um, and if people are getting hassled by particular shopkeepers and uh, I can tell you, I had a couple of blues <laughs> with the shopkeepers. Um, then take them to the privacy, uh, to the discrimination commission. Yeah? It's an online form. Fill it out. Just say to them first, look, you know, it's none of your business. You, sh you shouldn't be asking me that. And if you continue to ask me that, then um, for, for my um, medical certificate or whatever, um, then I'm going to report you to the uh, dis uh, the discrimination um, commissioner uh, because you're discriminating discriminating against my disability. So it's online. Fill it out. Put the shop in. There's another way you can do it. You can go to the um, if it's a if it's a franchise, you know, a, a supermarket chain. You can go uh, call the head office and ask them to clarify mm -hmm. um, their position. And um, but you know a couple of complaints to the right ombudsman certainly certainly helps. And this is things that people can do. Okay, that's we can all do that. And um, yeah, that's right. And so if we if we if we get rid of these things, then we get rid of a lot of it. And the other thing people can do is just turn their TV off. <laughs> COVID will be cured overnight. <laughs> I have one more question and then I'm going to let you go because I've kept you up very late and I'm very sorry. Um, and that is about the QR code scanning. Um, I had a huge fight with a, a wonderful woman at Costco who didn't want to let me in because I wouldn't scan. And I showed her Section 94H, which I know doesn't really apply to QR codes. It, it applies to the, um, yeah. to the uh, uh, COVID safe app. Uh, it hasn't been expanded, but... Luckily, she didn't really read it all that well, and she let me in. Uh, is there any way yeah. around scanning in? Because I have not scanned in once. I have not worn a mask once. I've not been tested once. Um, but I, I fight all the time about this. Yeah, look, to be honest, I haven't uh, dug into the QR code uh, side of things. I, I, I just... just, just because there's other things to work on, but um, so I don't, I don't really know. But yeah. the 94H, the Privacy Act, I believe, yes, that's is right. um, just because it, okay. But but the, that's that inconsistency 109 again. Okay, so it might be state, but it's going to be inconsistent with the you know. There's that, and because it's stated as a particular COVID safe app, you know, it's it, it'd be a real. I wouldn't like to go to court and argue um, that they, that they, you know, that the QR code uh, contact, 
contact tracing was lawful. Uh, but the reality is that um, people do get uh, touched up, uh, fined, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, I don't know. Um, I just leave my phone in my car. Um, I know. That's a good plan too. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. All right. Oh, Matthew, yeah. it has been such a pleasure speaking with you. Before okay. we finish up, first of all, I want to make a note that at the top, in the show notes, at the top of this interview um, is your website. So lots and lots of people say they want to go and help. Click on that link, um, go to the donation page and make a donation. Um, and uh, it, I, I believe they'll be able to contact you by email through the website as well. Is that right? Because you would say if people want yes, to send you an yes. email. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So yeah, the donations go directly to the plaintiffs, you know, it's, and so fantastic. it's not to us, it's to, to the people that are standing all yeah, right. So, Is there anything else yeah. that you'd like to add before we finish up? Um, oh, you know, just like I said before, just if, if there is fear, just just turn it into determination. Um, just let's let's not let's not drop the baton. Let's just keep going. Let's hold this line. We hold it, you know, and they they're going to fall. They, we hold this line, and they will fall. And um, and then, you know, you've got to believe yeah. it. That's it. All right, Matthew, yes. thank you again. I really appreciate it. Best of luck. We're all going to be watching you on the 29th. There's another Directions hearing. Is that right? Uh, um, we've, um, well, the hearing's on the, on the, on the, um, starts on the 29th. Um, I'd have to check my diary for the next. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. We'll be looking at, we'll be watching everything and we'll yeah, be letting everyone yeah. know. And when you have those template letters up, if you could let me know too, then I can direct yeah. people to that. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. And, and it'll, we'll certainly broadcast that through our Facebook page. So, all right. so Beautiful. yeah, um, but you know, um, let's, 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 um, you know, let's not contemplate defeat let's go for victory that's it yeah. that's it you gotta yeah. believe <laughs> all right matthew well you have a good night rest up i know you've got a lot of work to do and um we'll be watching and seeing what happens and praying for all of you all right thanks Thank a lot right. bye see you good. and good see night you. everyone right. from under the wire take care <laughs>